Welcome to Silverbacks Valley, a podcast brought to you by Silverbacks Holdings. Today in the Valley with Ibrahim Sanya are three pioneers who have shared the origin stories in previous episodes. To discuss the new trends in the African sports industry, the Valley welcomes Amadou Galofal, president of the Basketball Africa League, Paxton Baker, minority owner of the Washington Nationals, the Cape Town Tigers, and several U.S. sports teams, and Osi Umenyura, former New York Giants, now leading the charge to bring the NFL to Africa. Welcome to Silverbacks Valley. I'm your host today, and my name is Ibrahim Sanya. This episode is powered by the Global Sports Summit, organized by the Sports Leadership Institute under a private by us for us model the global sports summit is led by and intended for owners of major sports leagues team front office executives and top decision makers in the global sports industry from all around the world we at silverbacks valley are big fans years and we're already here you say the power of manifesting starts by taking a thought, moving it to a belief, and make it a conviction that guides to action. You've just done that in less than 10 years. What is the plan ahead, Amadou? Well, the plan ahead is to continue to build on the momentum. Um, you know, it's been incredible in the short story uh, history of the league um, that what we are seeing in terms of interest from, from fans, um, from businesses, public and private sector, um, there's different stakeholders and constituents, uh, from heads of states to uh, global icons like Forrest Whitaker, um, to the opportunity we have to use the celebrity of the NBA brand, the players, and also the work we're doing with, with FIBA to craft something really unique and authentic uh, in Africa that is going to drive the sports business industry that is you know, starting to emerge. I know that um, CAF, our friends in football, are looking to launch you know, uh, a league like ours, that can only help, you know, uh, the Africa, that can only help Africa. The talent we have is incredible. So as we continue to perfect the model and, and especially to attract people of, uh, you know, goodwill, but at the same time, people who are savvy business leaders who see uh, an opportunity to invest with us, uh, what you guys are doing with the Cape Town Tigers. Now I'm seeing, I've gotten calls. I was recently in Las Vegas at the NBA Summer League. I mean, the question, the number one question I was asked is how can one buy a, a team, you know? So that, that momentum and that energy, you know, we just gotta make sure we are uh, capturing and leveraging it uh, the right way. So we're only scratching the surface. What's next, uh, I think, is an incredible future. A lot of work, certainly, uh, but we are incredibly energized to keep pushing forward. 
I uh, would like to also take this moment because I know you've been under the trenches for a decade. I remember when this started as a concept and to just congratulate how far it has gone. I think it would be remiss to not give a special thank to a good friend of both of ours, who's Tunde Folawio, who's been really the magician. Because every time you see the moon shining, there's actually a sun that's providing the light. So I'd like us to give a special round of applause to Tunde. And, and then, you know, again, as I said, Tunde was those true early believers. You know, um, I, I don't remember, maybe All-Star Weekend 2014 in New Orleans or something like that, you know. And when we started talking about this whole um, new entity with NBA Africa, he was one of the first people we had in mind because we wanted to make sure that there were African business leaders who would come and buy in. And his expression was like, okay, it's a, there's this, you have all these ingredients in a pot to make a soup. He knows that all the ingredients are in place. So now what's, what would the soup taste like? I think we are starting to just chairman, you know, <laughs> see a little bit. And I think your, you know, your vision was, was right. And I think we're on the right path, obviously, again. <laughs> there's a lot of work uh, we still need to do, but, you know, think. There's a saying of Rumi that say, when a candle lights another candle, it doesn't need to lose its light. Yep. It's definitely one of those gentlemen that represent that force. Osi, you are now the new force on the block. And uh, we hear that uh, the NFL is coming and there's already 13 different young men that have, since you started less than three years ago, have either joined <clears throat> NFL or college. Yeah. That's a spectacular performance in such short beginning. What's next? <laughs> I, I think, um, especially for the NFL, the advantage that we have is the fact that uh, you don't have to, outside of the quarterback position, which is the main position, there's so many other positions, and you don't have to have been playing the game for a long period of time to be able to excel at those positions. So we're able to take players who had never played the game before one year, uh, some of the guys who are literally on the streets of Nigeria one year, and the next year they're in the NFL. And I think in, in a lot of instances, that's unfathomable for a lot of people, for a lot of um, other sports leagues, but this is what you can do in terms of the American football. You can get to the elite level rather quickly. And so we're just trying to replicate that process over and over and over. Uh, we also have quite a few players of African descent who are in the NFL right now. Uh, the only thing is nobody knows about these guys in Africa. They don't know that this is what's going on over there. So we have to create a pipeline of players who are able to actually play the game at the highest level in colleges, um, in the NFL. And then from there, the guys who are in the NFL actually start to market them and promote them on the continent, uh, give people local heroes, people to look up to. And as soon as we start to run this virtual cycle over and over again, I think the, the, the game of American football is going to explode on the continent. And uh, you and I had a chat this morning about uh, uh, individuals that have influenced you the most yeah. in uh, your life journey. And, you know, interestingly enough, when we tend to ask a question, we hear the father, the mother, and in your case, or a mentor. 
you actually say on your professional career, Amadou would be that person. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. It's important that uh, he hears that, and uh, definitely, I think it'll be interesting for you to lay out for the public why you think that the ground that NBA has set creates an acceleration element for your own execution. Yeah, well, I think um, Amadou knows this. I've, I've said this to him on numerous occasions. Uh, what we're doing, we're following the exa his exact blueprint. It's not, it's not like a secret, it's an open secret that what we're doing in terms of what the NFL, we're following the path that the NBA has done and him specifically. Um, so I look up to him, uh, we have conversations, I, I tell him uh, some of his players or some of the people who he knows, we've actually taken them and we, you know, we got one of them in, in college right now. Um, so just his vision and the things that he's seen and the fact that the NBA was 20 years ahead of the NFL in terms of the groundwork that they've laid and the things that they've done. Um, and some of the things that they've done, the mistakes that they may have made, uh, he's been magnanimous enough to be like, hey, do this, don't do it this way. And, and because like you said, that one candle lights another without losing its light, that's, he, he embodies that. He could have been very protectionist about the things that the NBA was doing or the things that he was doing, but he never did that. And he, he's been open in, in, in allowing uh, me to learn from him, along with Masai uh, also, who I have to mention, it has been a big inspiration also. But these guys are all about Africa. They're all about giving people opportunities. And he knows that uh, there are a lot of people who aren't going to be able to play the game at the highest level in the NBA, but they can play American football. And the opportunities they get, if we can create more hymns, more me's, uh, we're going to be able to go back into the communities and, and really uh, help people out in Africa. And, and look, it, it was as simple as that when OC first, you know, uh, connected and explained, you know, what their process is. And for me, it's about trying to provide as many opportunities to young Africans as, popular, as, as possible, regardless of where they are from, you know. So, you know, if the NFL is, can create a pathway for a young person from Accra or Lagos, Abidjan, whatever, to you know, uh, go and earn a living, and especially be inspired by what our brother Dikembe Mutombo did, building a hospital uh, in his DRC. You know, the more of those opportunities we can create, I think ultimately, uh, the better. I just told him that we'll remain good friend as long as he's not taking the seven footers trying to touch <laughs> the <laughs> Now this is formidable uh, demonstration of Ubuntu. And because we are. And what is uh, even more magnanimous is that that spirit of Ubuntu obviously within the direct African diaspora is perfectly demonstrated by you guys. But with my brother Paxton here, who's uh, now the first uh, American to have come into the roster of Cape Town Tigers, uh, the, the sharing, uh, the power of the sharing has become even more powerful because Paxton comes with the experience of owning teams in tennis, rugby, Formerly football as well, and now basketball. So when you get people like that to come into this space and elongate the knowledge, experience, operation, 
It's uh, fabulous. From what you've seen so far, Paxson, since you started the journey, you're with us in Kigali. What are your thoughts and how far do you think this can go? Uh, one, incredible. And I, I was around the beginning, as you know, I'm doing the beginning of the conversations starting the BAL and was getting off the ground pre-COVID and then uh, going through the, the wait period of COVID and coming out on the other side of it. So pretty amazing in a short space of time. It is literally incredible how quickly it's gone. And as you pointed out, Ibrahim, I had the opportunity of being in uh, Kigali, Rwanda for the BAL championship. And that was uh, nothing short of amazing how, how well it was executed. Uh, teams from 10 continents, or 10, 10 countries on the continent. And the level of the competition was pretty outstanding. And uh, a lot of the, uh, the NBA brought a lot of best practices to the table in the crawling, walking, running phase. They got from almost like a quick crawl to a run in a very short space of time. So having the NBA as kind of the, not only just the godfather, but the blueprint of their developing the league itself, developing the G League, uh, they brought all of that to the table to, uh, to Rwanda and were able to have a product on a very, very high level. I had the opportunity to visit with people literally from out the whole of the world. And everybody pretty much came away uh, with the distant, outstanding feeling of excellence and best practices in a very short space of time. So uh, it's been wonderful to be a part of. Uh, as you're aware, I've talked to a lot of friends and colleagues, a number of celebrities as well, who are now interested in investing in teams. As you pointed out, uh, I'm doing in Las Vegas. I've, I've seen it across uh, Hollywood and also in New York, those two cities in particular, with people having interest in it. So being one of the pioneers is, is an honor. And uh, something uh, proud to be able to do. I should, I should announce here today that uh, the great uh, Verdine White from the group Earth, Wind & Fire is now an investor as well in the Cape Town Tigers. A uh, very good friend and big brother Thank of mine. You. So. <laughs> yep. That's the way of the world. September, all the big hits from Earth, Wind & Fire. So that level of energy is coming into the Cape Town Tigers. So uh, I think having the opportunity for me was, it, it was not a, a hard decision. Uh, it, was, it was a very easy decision after having met you and, and some of your colleagues as well. Uh, I felt confident about it. And that's, that's the primary uh, component of an investment, is feeling confident that when you deploy capital that you're going to get a significant return on it and being able, to, uh, being able and willing to take that chance. And I, I would say without question that uh, entities like the NBA and the NFL, when they start to put their weight behind it, it, it just puts it on a whole different level. There's just a level of credibility that's brought to the table. A multi-billion dollar household brands that are literally just the strongest brands that you possibly can walk up to or, or, and, and everybody pretty much knows about. So having those entities beginning to put time and energy into it, it just puts a level of credibility. So from an investor, you feel safe and strong about that literally from the very beginning. And it's just a matter of learning the people, meeting the people, and taking the chance from there. Beautiful. In your own capacity, um, you know, coming from the entertainment mogul status, having sold alongside the founder of BT, your business to Viacom, your origin is actually entertainment. Mm -hmm. And then you moved into sports mm -hmm. in a plural manner. What uh, you're learning back then, uh, do you bring or, or what 
Let me rephrase. What in the scene today in Africa, where you see Amapiano in South Africa, Afrobeats rising, being on top of the billboard, having an army of TikTokers, Instagram, kids from Asia, Middle East, Europe, singing tunes where they don't understand <laughs> the language, word for word. What does it inspire you in terms of potential? Because obviously during that time, you've, you've had entertainment that was in the background. So I, I produced my first international jazz festival in uh, 1990 on the island of Aruba and uh, started a string of islands. At one point, I was producing seven or eight jazz festivals across the Caribbean uh, in the course of a year and have toured a wide array of different musicians. The groundwork for that was uh, laid back in the 60s when the great Harry Belafonte uh, brought Miriam Makiba and Hugh Masekela out of South Africa and brought them over to the US. And so that was kind of jazz and folk uh, influencing Harry along with uh, just the whole of the Caribbean gumbo that he was uh, part of being born in Jamaica. So Harry introduced uh, African music in the continent back in the 60s and then it only grew. He of course was an activist in his own right and Mary Makiba and Hugh Masekela both were activists as well. You, you could not help being from South Africa and, and uh, knowing what apartheid was and not speak out against it. So that laid the, Harry's been a, a mentor of mine uh, for over half of my life. And um, so I, I kind of saw that seed laid ahead of time. Uh, music now is one that's universal with all the different platforms we have, but everybody's mentioned uh, I'm a Piano and uh, High Life Music. Uh, we've also mentioned Tune Day a whole lot, but I had the opportunity to be with him in New York a couple weeks ago. And at City Field in New York, uh, seeing a Burner Boy concert with 50,000 people. Wow in uh, City Field in New York, and that was on the other side of a uh, tour that he had done earlier in the year where he sold out a 20-city tour, and he, he sold out Madison Square Garden, he sold out Capital One Arena in, in Washington, D.C. So the uh, tie of being uh, of Americans and also across the world for a wide array of artists, I think you know, once, once some of the kind of uh, biases stamped down, we're open to opening our mind to just good music and good energy uh, African music was an easy thing to, uh, at that point, to export from the continent. It was a matter of giving the opportunities, which once again is what the NBA and the BAL has done by way of providing opportunities. So the talent is there. It's just a matter of kind of being open to it. And once the pipeline starts, I think it's going to do nothing because uh, at this point, uh, African music, uh, Fela Kuti, I should mention, um, it is now emblazoned across the world, much like Bob Marley did it for reggae music. There's uh, artists today doing it uh, in African music. Thanks, Bexon. Mm -hmm. When you raise the point of talent, it makes me go back to my two brothers, Amadou and Osi. With all the development that's happening in the sports business arena, what are you respectively doing to make sure that the next class of Amadou's and Osi are coming up, because that's often the transition between founder and institution. That's where the gap can create issues. What do you guys have in store? What are you doing for the community and uh, the legacy? Look, I mean, we've been consistent, I think, uh, in, in our approach. 
it's always been about um, you know replicating or creating opportunities for other young people at a basic level when we started seed this is in 1998 my first year at the Dallas Mavericks again as I was reflecting on just what the game has done for me I stumbled on it literally there was no path right for me I started very late met a Peace Corps volunteer I shared the story last year uh, with those who were here it's just for me opened my eyes in the power of sport to empower it's a great tool as we look at Africa and I mentioned the, the Africa rising narrative before what was going to sustain it is to make sure that we invest in the young people you know invest in the young people equip them with tools that they have a sense of responsibility to really build stuff you know build you know the continent using the incredible resources that we have. And the number one resource is that human capital, is these young people. So we've always been focused on, you know, making sure that these young people are empowered. Recreating the student athlete model that we all know in the US was the primary uh, objective. That's why we started academies, we mentored young people, you know, to get scholarships, to go study. They're doing other things than playing basketball, or I'm pretty sure football. They learn from great schools and they're back. We hire intentionally uh, a lot of young people from the diaspora who've lived somewhere and come back, and my colleagues here, Aisha and Wally, and all this, because we need all this to build the league that we envision to be one of the best professional leagues in the world. I have no doubt that there's a lot of talented young people out there, and we're in touch. We have programs to, even with our players, uh, to do these uh, workshops. Uh, the Innovation Summit we did mm -hmm. in Kigali, for example. We have a BAL for her uh, program that, although we don't have a women's league right now, but we are very committed to inspiring young people, young ladies, to see that there is an opportunity for them to come in the league and work. It's not just a, uh, a boys club. We had a U23 women's team in Canada last week in the Global Jam. I mean, just getting the feedback in terms of the people they meet, how it opened their eyes also with the opportunity. It's not just about the players who will be playing in the league, but we need you know, uh, to continue to build talent around it, to sustain it, and to, you know, um, grows a business, you know, mm. you talk about music, that's something, music and fashion and, you know, um, technology and all these are areas that we are going to infuse in the league. So we look at talent, um, you know, across this room when we go to places like this, we always, you know, trying to figure out, you know, who can come and join uh, the efforts. Yes, we're gonna to continue to have great players on the court because that remains the core. But you know, we want sound engineers, content creators, and that's the work that we, we continuously do also. Oh see. Yeah, <clears throat> I think for 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 us it's step by step. When I say us, I'm talking about the NFL. I think um when you look at I'll, I'll tell you a story. Um so when I was in Nigeria, I was at a school uh, called Atlantic Hall. Now this school was uh, categorically one of the uh, schools where all the wealthy people 
uh, or their children will go to this school. And at this wealthy school for kids in Nigeria, I was one of the worst athletes there. And then my father decided to send me to the United States of America, and I got on the plane. Couldn't have been more than 12-hour 12 12-hour 12 flight. And I landed in America, and I was one of the best athletes there. And so I knew that if somebody ever figured out how to get those athletes that I saw in Africa, somebody ever figured out how to get them to the United States of America and give them the opportunity, um, it was going to be transformative. Uh, so for me right now, it's all about building that pipeline, getting people as many opportunities as possible from the sports. Because there's many different ways that you can do charity. There are many different ways that you can do um, things. But for me, it's giving people the exact same opportunity that I had. And if we're able to do this, I think um, overall, you're going to see a, a exponential growth of, of, of um, you know, opportunities in Africa. Superb. So today, throughout the day, we've always the great contribution of Jan and the Sports uh, Summit. Got to hear a lot about what's happening with the fan across the globe and the technologies, whether it's AI, whether it's data, what uh, do you think can be done with the diaspora? Because actually, it's from the African-American base. It's a massive number. From those that have exported themselves outside the continent, that's 150 million people. 150 million people. And the average unit economics in terms of GDP for each of those, all of us have been part of it, is vastly superior to the one on the ground. On the continent, although we always broadcast the 1.3 billion population, there's about 50 million people that make $10 a day. It's not massive. But when you add the 150 that's overseas, then you add the African-American, you have like really a critical base. What is being done to address that mass? We use, especially our, our off-season, to be very active in terms of, you know, having a presence in these places and countries where you have, you know, a, a strong diaspora community. Earlier uh, in July, we participated at K54 yes. in Paris. Uh, this is a 20-year-old uh, event that is sponsored by Brown Jordan, you know, at that event we had Jason Tatum, um, Zion Williamson, and in the past, MJ himself come there. This is an incredible event, the biggest street. And this year you guys it. had it in the Roland Garros Yes, in Roland Garros, 6,000 people in the smaller um, arena, packed every day. It's really all about lifestyle, and that's how we're positioning our brand. It's music, and fashion, and, Know, all the games, families coming and having a great time. The opportunity for merchandising, you know, um, towards the diaspora. And then when we sent <coughs> these teams to Canada, to Toronto for the, at the Global Jam, that was also another way of engaging, you know, um, and having a presence there. We're planning something in September, probably, uh, you know, uh, maybe in, in, in New York City. We're very conscious about, you know, making sure that our games and our product is seen by as many eyeballs as possible around the world. Our game will broadcast in 214 countries. 
around the world, but certainly taking also, um, you know, activities, you know, like the one that I just talked about to push. Uh, I think we have a huge opportunity from a merchandising standpoint uh, to, to market to the diaspora, but also get them to travel to our events. He mentioned Kigali. We had people travel from all over the world to come for a week. And it's not just about the games in the arena, but a lot of activities that happen you know, outside the arena from you know, this innovation summit that yeah. uh, we Excellent. talked about. We have a fan zone, we bring artists, you know, just that intersection between music and sports uh, and technology. This is what we're going to, uh, to, to build around. So, you know, we are, you're all invited next year and I think we'll come up with our schedule very soon. We'll make sure that Jan has it and distribute it wide to everybody. Our finals will be in uh, Kigali again because we renew the partnership with the RDB for the next five years. Uh, we'll be taking games uh, to Kigali. An example, because they built a world-class arena and they are very focused on using sports as a driver uh, booster of their tourism. You know, you know the deal they did with Arsenal uh, many years ago Paris and also uh, Paris Saint-Germain. So that's the type of deal that uh, you know we did. We have visit Rwanda in our jerseys and we are encouraging other tourism board to use the model because it works. Sports tourism works. Super. I think, I think um, <clears throat> that there's a, a massive opportunity for this connection of the diaspora. I think in terms of business, like you uh, quite rightly alluded to, uh, they do throw that number out of 1.3 billion people, but then the people with disposable income isn't quite uh, that, that much, right? But then when you look outside of of um, Africa, and you look at the you know the African American community and the you know the African community in in diaspora in general, they do have access to um, quite a bit of disposable income. Uh, when when I first left um, Nigeria and I got to America, I realized that Africans were being made fun of on the continent in America. Like there was a lot of um, it wasn't like a cool thing to be African when I first got there, but with uh, what these uh, Afrobeat musicians have done and, and the culture being ex exported now, it is now a cool thing to be African. And, and, and you see that culture now coming. And you see a lot of African-Americans now who are really interested in learning about, uh, about Africa and you know, where they originally come from. And overall, there has been this disconnect between the African-American community and the African community. Uh, but now you're starting to see people start to bridge that gap. And as soon as that happens, and as soon as you see these two communities come together, you're going to see something that, quite frankly, is going to be unprecedented in, in, in this world. It's going to be magical. It's going to be special once these two uh, people start to reconnect and come together. And I think you could do that through uh, music. You can do that through entertainment. And you can for sure do that through sport. And I think what the NBA, with NBA Africa is doing and what we're doing with NFL Africa is going to be a conduit for these two things to come together. Amen. Right. And so I want to just build a little on uh, OC's point and also Amadou. I, I think a big part of it is shared experiences. And so yeah, I'll speak in, 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 uh, for African-Americans in particular, that the more touch points that we get going back and forth to Africa, it's almost like from our end, we needed to kind of overcome some of the biases that we were taught. Yeah. And that certainly has happened. And Rwanda was amazing from a tourist, uh, tourist uh, viewpoint. Uh, I had the chance to uh, uh, trek gorillas, which was, just, right, which was just an incredible experience. Uh, you have to wake up early. They get you in the lobby at 5 o'clock, but 
uh, it was something that was nothing short of just beautiful, amazing to follow a family of uh, 13 gorillas uh, for a couple hours, just deeper and deeper and deeper into the bush. That was uh, beautiful. And then uh, two days later, in between the basketball, every morning I was getting up at four o'clock and uh, get down to the lobby and we did a, a, a full safari, which was incredible as well. So the country of Rwanda was amazing and using sports as a showcase to get people there, to get them to then enjoy the tourist product was just brilliant and overwhelmingly well done. So uh, Europe here in Barcelona, which I, I went on and did the tour today, uh, that is, uh, the, the product here is so incredible. Barcelona is such an amazing city and just beautiful. So having those experiences, doing those now in Africa, not just in Europe, not just in the United States, but having those experiences and be able to come out of it, being safe, being, you know, no point being fearful of anything and coming back and being able to share it with the wider red people, which we can do in our own community, which we can do on social media, those things just make, make it easier to want to come back again and repeat the experience. Super. Yeah. Uh, Paxson, uh, media, uh, as you very familiar with, with audio or other investment, media is a big component of the revenue piece. Mm -hmm. Whether it's uh, tennis, football, basketball. Baseball. So baseball. <laughs> what's your, what recommendation do you have uh, for these African initiatives. What what is important to 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 happen to make sure that you know this sustainability well, is there at that level? Yeah, technology is there now. I mean, technology just makes things so much easier. Being able to broadcast live from wherever it is that you are, and the infrastructure that used to be needed to be able to come live from Rwanda, uh, ESPN's got it. A wide array of different people like for uh, during the summer. The summer leagues first started hitting TV. Now African basketball is on uh, ESPN as well and different platforms. So it's just being able to see it has made, it, made the whole process a lot easier and will only continue to make it easier now. So uh, when the tree falls in the forest in Africa, people hear it in the United States and the pipeline of the talent that's going on those platforms is doing nothing but strengthening. Amadou alluded to earlier in his acceptance speech on the amount of talent that's coming through the pipelines in the NBA right now. And I think Joel Embiid winning the MVP this year is gonna do nothing but really kind of capitalize that and make it stronger and stronger. Uh, also, I got a chance to see some of the young people in the NBA Academy, which is in uh, uh, South Africa. That talent, I, I think the, uh, that talent is comparable to anything that you see in the G League. And that, once those uh, young brothers start to start to be seeing uh, the, the team that they filled, in, filled it in uh, Kigali, the, the level of talent there was just as strong as the NBA uh, McDonald's top 25 or the, the young people that are coming out of the States now. So you have the technology, leveling it, making it all happen easier with a lot less infrastructure that was needed before. And then you've got the talent to put on it. So I think, uh, I think it's going to be consistent. And then like, I'm really, really happy that the NFL is doing what they are on uh, being able to identify it. And you'll start to see sponsorship, which is one of the other things that has to happen to kind of really, really to, totally sustain something, is uh, corporations that are, that are United States based or European based, that are looking to get their product well known across the continent. The sponsorship uh, part is the next piece for you guys to really, really blow it out the, blow it out the water. Thank you. 
Thanks for that, Paxson. For the separating word, I will just ask each of you to answer the following. A musician has to sing, a painter has to draw, and a singer has to sing. What is it that each of you has to do to be? What is up? <laughs> Definitely not singing. <laughs> well, say what do you need to do in order to be? What is the essential? If there's like one verb that must define Amadou, what would be that verb? Or an, an action? Impact. Or see? I have to continue to Amadou. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we had a new verb today. There you go. Uh, mine would be think. Uh, think, uh, uh, continue to have a positive mental attitude, and also be open minded and uh, develop new relationships. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to this episode of Silverbacks Valley. For more episodes around founders building dominant platforms from Africa to the rest of the world, you can follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anjami, and Audiomac. Tune in.